Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Matthew chapter 27. Matthew 27, and I want to read from verse 45. The Bible says this, From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, He's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine, vinegar, put it on a staff and ordered it uh, to and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes down to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. From top to bottom, the earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. And they came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you that we can gather in the church of Jesus Christ. And we thank you that we can be here to honor and to worship you. So just come by your spirit. Father, just let there be nothing in me that hinders the delivery of this word. Forgive me of my sins glorified release your spirit amongst us today to hear the word of the lord bind every spirit of fear and intimidation just let there be freedom to speak your word and i thank you for what you're going to do amongst us today in jesus name amen and amen as we approach easter i want to reflect on uh, the words of jesus uh, from the cross there were seven things that jesus said while he was hanging uh, on the cross uh, one of the things jesus said was Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. It's pretty amazing, really. Jesus is on a cross. The same people that have just crucified him uh, uh, put uh, six-inch nails into his hands and feet. And what is Jesus' response to all of that? He says, Father, forgive them, because they haven't got a clue what they're doing. I don't know if I would have done that. Do I have any friends in the church? I'm not sure I would have done that. Uh, He also said, today you will be with me in paradise to the thief hanging there on the cross, Uh, He also said to Mary, John is your son, to John, Mary is your mother. I thirst, it is finished. Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. But the most emotive words of Jesus on the cross were the words when Jesus said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's a phrase that I want to reflect on. Today, as we approach Easter, the crucifixion encounter is recorded in all of the Gospels. Each account gives us a greater understanding of what happened on that particular day. And today we're going to look at the account of Matthew, Matthew's account of the crucifixion. Our text begins with the words, from noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over the land. The time that Jesus was being crucified, a physical darkness actually came over Uh, the whole land. It was midday, shouldn't have happened, but it did. And the physical darkness was indicative of the spiritual darkness that uh, that Jesus was experiencing at that particular time. 
None of us can possibly understand or even imagine what Jesus was experiencing while he was hanging there on the cross. We get some idea uh, through the Gospels of the physical and the emotional pain that Jesus experienced. He was ridiculed and mocked, the Gospels tell us. Uh, they spit in his face. I mean, I, I, I can understand beating, but spitting in his face, man, I, I don't know how Jesus didn't react. I don't know how he didn't do it. They struck him repeatedly. Uh, they laid his back bare with an open whip. They put a crown of thorns on his head. And then he was nailed to a cross. And on top of that, uh, that, that was the physical pain that Jesus experienced, which we can only imagine. On top of that, those closest to him, his disciples, the ones he'd been with for three years, the ones he had called out, Come and follow me. The ones who had seen his miracles, the ones who had seen his, who has heard his teaching, the ones who were closest to Jesus, at the time when Jesus needed them the most, what did they do? They ran for their lives, abandoned him. Why? What, I mean, what did Jesus do wrong? What did Jesus actually do wrong? Bible says he went about doing good, healing all, and here he was hanging on a cross. Was part of the darkness that Jesus was experiencing but it was even deeper than that because the Bible tells us that at that moment he was carrying the sins of the world none of us will ever be able to understand the depth of the darkness that Jesus was experiencing while he was there hanging on the cross but this passage and not only it speaks about Jesus' darkness, not only does it give us a sense of the darkness that Jesus was experiencing while he was hanging there on the cross, it also has the capacity to speak into our own darkness. It also has to, the capacity to speak into our lives, into the dark seasons of our own lives. Most of us understand what it means to walk in darkness. Most of us understand what it means to go through some times when it just feels dark in our lives. Can't see your way ahead. You don't know what to do. It's when we feel hopeless. There's no way out of this is, is, is those seasons of darkness. You know, when you're in a really dark place, you can't see, you know, ahead of yourself. You can't see what's going on. You can't see what's happening all around you. Darkness comes when we don't understand what God is doing. When situations don't make sense, when we can't feel his presence, most of all, when it feels like God has forsaken us. If that's how you feel today, I, I pray that Jesus' cry from the cross would encourage all of us in the name of Jesus. I, I just pray that these words of Jesus, this event in Jesus' life, I, I just pray that it's going to encourage all of us today because all of us are going to go through some seasons in our lives where it feels dark around us. I know we don't think it's going to happen to us. I know that we don't think it should happen to us. I know we think it should happen to everybody else. I know that we think, well, if we're following Jesus and loving Jesus and, and, and seeking after him, then we shouldn't experience all of these things. The reality is we will experience some seasons of darkness in our lives. We live in a sinful world. We are sinful people. And the result of that is going to be some seasons where we're not going to understand what's going on. You know, we, we, we read the text quite often. We, we quote the text, um, uh, Romans 8, 28, all things work together for the good for those who love the Lord, all things. But we don't really believe that all things are going to happen to us. 
kind of think all things are going to happen to other people. We don't really believe that all things are going to happen to us. And the reality is that we will go through, through some things. And, and the reality of that verse, as it's actually quoted in the Greek, really says, for those who love God, God works together all things into good. He has the capacity to bring good out of some of the, dif- the most difficult times of our life. The cross is a really clear example of that. It's about what Jesus can do and sometimes some of the greatest work that God does in shaping the human heart, in in shaping the soul of the human being is actually those dark seasons of life. All of us want to be happy and clappy and thank God for the happy clappy seasons. Um, You know, just thank God for all of that. But sometimes some of the greatest work that God does in shaping the human heart is actually in those dark seasons of life. It's in the darkness. God, God does some of his greatest work. Psalm says, you, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. We've spoken this morning about hope and anchoring. Uh, we've sung about, you know, anchoring our lives into the promises of God's word. Well, here's a promise. You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into life. Isaiah says, I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them question for us this morning is, well, how do we deal with those dark seasons of life? How how do we deal with those challenging seasons of life? How do we deal with our own cross seasons, as it were, in our own lives? Well, I believe the crucifixion story, uh, as it's recounted in Matthew, can actually help us. And I just want to pull out a few principles out of this. The first principle is pretty simple. It's It's simply cry out to God. Bible says about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama, lama, lema sakbaktani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Word cried out there literally means it wasn't one of these kind of mumbles, my God, my God, why have you, it's not one of those kind of, oh my God, my God, no, the, 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 the word cried out there literally means he screamed. He screamed. In that moment, he, he, he's my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's used nowhere else in the New Testament. In his book, The Hard Sayings of Jesus, F.F. Bruce discusses 70 of the hard to understand sayings of our Lord. Of these words of Jesus, Bruce comments, this is the hardest of all, the hard statements. And all the commentators agree with Jesus, with, the, with him, sorry. No statement of Jesus is more mysterious than, than these words from the cross. The problem is not the words. Uh, the words are simple, but what do they mean? What do they actually mean? What do they mean for us? Some people think that this is where Jesus broke. Some people think that this is where Jesus gave up on God, where he collapsed, where he said to God, you failed me. Yeah, you've forsaken me. It's, it, some people think this is where Jesus turned his back on God, his father. I don't believe that to be the case at all. Instead, I believe the words of Jesus, like no other words, help us in our times of God. If Jesus went through this kind of season, if Jesus experienced this kind of season, how much more will we? And and he provides the example for us as to how we can navigate those seasons in our own lives. Tell you of all the statements in Scripture, of all the encouraging words in the Bible. This, this is one of the statements that really speaks us, speaks to us. It helps us. And just notice a few things about the statement itself. Firstly, as I said, Jesus cries out to God. My God, my God, 
um, he directs his pain towards God. It's in the darkest time of his life. He's, he's, he's above all else. He's crying out to God. He's seeking the face of God. I tell you, the greatest thing that we can do when our life is filled with darkness, when we're not sure about what's happening is, the greatest thing that we can do is seek the face of God like never before. He's not just praying some filtered prayer. He's screaming to God. I love that about the Bible. I love about that, that about the Word of God. He, here's Jesus. He's, he's, not just, he's not just mumbling. He's not just, he's not just reading a prayer. He's screaming to God because that's how he feels at that particular moment. He feels like God has forsaken him. He's pouring his heart out to God. And I believe there is a place for speaking to others, and I believe there's a place for being encouraged in these kind of times. Jesus himself, when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, he didn't go alone. He took his disciples with him because he was in a dark place. I believe there is a place to find encouragement from the body of Christ, but none of that can compare. We're simply pouring our heart to God. None of that can compare. We're just simply pouring our heart out to God. Just something very powerful about going into the presence of God and just pouring out heart to him. Job said, therefore, I will not keep silent. I will speak out in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. I pour out, says Psalm 142 verse 2. I pour out before him my complaint before him. I tell him my trouble. There are some people who believe that we sh- you know, our prayers should be filtered. We should be careful what we say to God. And I read that in scripture. I read, what I read in scripture is people pouring out their heart to God, but always with a sense, God is going to see me through. He's going to see me through. Hannah said, I'm a woman who's deeply troubled. I've not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring my soul out to the Lord. I was pouring my heart out to God, crying out to him. What did Jesus do in his time of darkness? Hmm. He directs his pain towards God. I want to encourage you because, and you've heard me say over the last few weeks, I've just remembered, I could kind of say it again and again, but, 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 but the answers to the greatest issues that we're facing in our lives are going to be found in the presence of God. The answers to some of the greatest challenges in our lives are going to be found in the presence of God. Um, you know, uh, this week we were, you know, met with some parents and talking about, you know, uh, how to face some of the issues we're facing today. And, and, you know, the reality is the answers are going to be found in the presence of God. Second thing that we notice is that Jesus' greatest concern is his relationship with God. He's not screaming about his physical pain. He's not saying, God, you know, look at this pain that I'm in. not saying that. That's not concerning him. He's not screaming about his relational pain. He's and he was abandoned by his disciples. Not, he's not screaming about that at all. What he's screaming about What was causing him so much pain, the reason why he cried out to God the way he did is was because he felt that God had forsaken him. In that moment, he felt like God had abandoned him. And so he screams out to God. It's as one of the scholar calls the road to God forsakenness. Physical pain he could bear. Emotional and relational pain he could deal with. He understood that these people were fallible. He understood all of those kind of things. He understood what he was dealing with and who he was dealing with. But the fact that he felt like God had abandoned him was too much for him to bear. Tell you what it is that causes so much pain in our lives. 
It's the thought that God has abandoned us in some way. It's the thought that God has rejected us in some way. It's the thought that God has turned his back on us in some way. And that's what causes some of the the deepest pain in our lives. When David had sinned with Bathsheba and he comes face to face with his sin, his prayer is documented in Psalm 51. He's, he's, He's faced with his sin. And so he, he comes to God and he, and he begins to pray a, a prayer of repentance, just powerful prayer. And at the end of the psalm, he says, Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. In other words, David was saying, take the crown, the position, the wealth. Couldn't care less about any of that. But don't remove your presence because that's going to destroy me. So often when we're in a dark place, we want God to just take it away, remove the plane. Fix the situation. Jesus wasn't concerned about what was happening around him. What what concerned him the most was his relationship with his father. Was his relationship with God. Job was the same. Couldn't him he, he he can't even imagine the pain. We can't even imagine the pain that, that Job experienced, what he went through in the book of Job. Again, the thing that concerned him the most was the fact that he felt like God had abandoned him. He couldn't, he couldn't sense the presence of God. And Job says, you know, even today my complaint is bitter. His hand is heavy and in spite of my groaning, if only I knew where to find him, if only I could go to his dwelling. But if I go to the east, he's not there. If I go to the west, I, I, I do not find him. When he's at work in the north, I don't see him. When he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse of him. But he knows the way that I take. And when he has tested me, I I will come out. I will come forth as gold. The greatest thing that we can do in our time of darkness is turn to God. The greatest thing that we can do in our times of darkness is pour out our hearts to God. The anguish. Say, God, I don't care what happens to me as long as I have you. Lord God, I have everything. The, 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 as, as, as long as, Father God, I, I have your spirit, I have your presence. As long as I know you're with me, Lord God, I have everything. And I, and I, I just love the way that Job, even in the midst of this time when he was feeling like God had abandoned him or he couldn't sense the presence of God, he quotes this powerful you know, word of faith, but he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I'll come forth, but he knows the way that I take. I want you to know something this morning, no matter how you feel, no matter what you're going through, no matter what your mind is telling you, no matter what your emotions are telling you, I want you to know this morning, but he knows the way that we take. He's with us. We may not sense his presence. We may not feel his presence, but he he is there with us, leading and guiding us through. Third thing that we notice from this prayer is that Jesus is actually quoting scripture. He's actually quoting quoting scripture. The words of Jesus come from Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was a prophetic psalm. Psalm 22, Psalm 23, Psalm 24 are all prophetic psalms that speak about the life of Jesus. And Psalm 22 begins with those very words. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish. Verse 2, my God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night, but I find no rest. It's it's really interesting that Jesus, while, while he's hanging on the cross, 
What is, what is he quoting? In the, in the most difficult time of his life, here he is quoting Psalm 22. Tell you something, church, God's word is powerful. God's word is an anchor for the soul. If there's something that's going to help us through those dark seasons, it's the word of God. God's word is going to see us through. God's word is the promises that God has given us. God's word has the power to help us in those dark seasons. Never underestimate the power of God to see you through. The Bible is not some book that we read in our spare time. The Bible is the word of God. It has the power to help us. Its, it's words comfort us. Its principles will protect us. Its teachings will guide us. Its knowledge will give us wisdom. It's the promises of God. It's the word of God. When I'm going through the dark seasons of my life, and there's been plenty of those examples, the thing I look for more than anything else is just the word from God. The word of God becomes an anchor to grab a hold of. The word of, become, the word of God becomes a promise that you can attach to, that you can grab a hold of and just believe for those circumstances that you're going through. He has Jesus on the cross. He's, he's, he feels like God has abandoned him. He's screaming out to God and he's quoting scripture. He's hanging on to the word of God. Nowhere is this more true for us than when we're going through a storm. Psalm 22 goes on to say, Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn that he has done this. Jesus was saying two things when he declared the words of Psalm 22. One is, I am suffering. It's a reality of what he was going through. But the other thing that he's saying is though it feels like God has forsaken me, I'm, I'm sticking to the plan. I'm holding on to God because God is going to see me through in the name of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I got my set of scriptures. Anybody got a set of scriptures that you go to when you're going through a difficult time? We all have. Uh, immediately when I'm going through a dark season, I, go to, I navigate to Psalms. Some of those Psalms that David wrote just seem to have this way of being able to speak into the depths of our spirit, into the depths of our soul. It's like David is saying exactly the things that I'm saying. And there's some scriptures that have seen me through some of those dark seasons in my own life. You know, First uh, Corinthians 13, I think it is. No, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out for it so that you can stand up under it. Today we sang about the, the faithfulness of God. It's remember the faithfulness of God. It's remember that God is faithful. I don't know about you, but when I go through my dark seasons, you know, I, 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 you know you're supposed to. I preach on it. I preach on this. It's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go back and remember all the times that God has seen you through. You're supposed to think back to the faithfulness of God. But you know, when I'm going through one of those seasons, the last thing I think about is what happened back there. I think this is the one that's going to do me in. And yet we need to remember the faithfulness of God. We need to remember that the, 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 the God is a faithful God. He's proven himself faithful again and again and again. No more so than the cross of Jesus Christ. Jeremiah Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I, I have a hope. Because of his, his love, his mercies in you every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Yet this I call to mind, that, that, that God is a faithful God. That God is going to see me through. That although I'm in this really dark situation right now, I know that God is going to see me through. I need to get an anchor. 
And the word of God becomes an anchor for our soul. It becomes a rhema for what it is that we're going through. It's not just the logos, the general word of God. It becomes a rhema. It's a specific word for a specific situation, for a specific time. God, you will see me through. You will heal me. This is not going to be the end in the name of Jesus. God speaks through his word. God can speak through a song. God, God, God can, you know, I just, just, just singing the songs this morning. How powerful are some of, some of the, the songs that, that, we're, that we're singing so often? We kind of read them, you know, kind of wrote. But, but when you're going through a dark season, every, everything counts. And, and God can speak to us even through a song. Sung about the faithfulness of God and the grace of God. John Altberg says there's something that we need to know about faith. That sometimes faith means that you just keep walking in darkness And you just refuse to quit. Faith is not the absence of doubt. Faith is choosing to obey and to hang on to God despite the doubts and the fears. Jesus knew what the cross was all about. He knew by faith that God was doing something of eternal value. And because of that, he refused to give up on the plan of God. He refused to turn his back on God. But he didn't remain silent. And he didn't denied the reality of what he was going through. He cried out to God. He screamed out to God. Eli, Eli, Lama, Sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's you here today. If you're going through a dark season, if you can't see your way ahead, I, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know, I don't know what to do next. I want to encourage you, cry out to God, seek his face. And he will see you through by his grace and for his glory. Second principle that comes out of this text is in a season of darkness, remember the power of God. Remember the power of God. Each of the crucifixion accounts in the gospel give us some insight into what happened on that particular day. There is some information provided in Matthew's gospel um, that we don't normally reflect on in this time of the year. It's a bit weird, and we kind of skip over it. We know that it's in the Bible, uh, but we kind of skip over it because it just kind of sounds a bit funny. But let me read it to you as we read it in our text. Jesus had given up his spirit while he was hanging on the cross. He died, and the Bible says, At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn into two, From top to bottom, the earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. Uh, The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. It's an interesting passage. It kind of tells us some interesting things that happened. It's only found in the Gospel of Matthew, nowhere else. And like I said, um, we often skip over that. But without reading too much into it, just let me give you some simple thoughts that come out of uh, this, this passage. First of all, it was, a, it was a demonstration of God's power. The text actually tells us that the centurion saw all these things and, their, and their, uh, their conclusion was, well, he must have been God. I, I believe more than ever as a church, we need to see the power of God manifest amongst us. Can I hear an amen? There's just something about a testimony. There's just something about seeing the power of God manifest amongst us. It's what the church has. It's what the church needs more than ever. You know, uh, thank God for everything that we have. But, but you know, just moving people emotionally isn't going to cut it. 
Just, just, just gathering together isn't going to cut it. Just, just be, you know, just everything, everything, everything sick is not going to cut it. What we need to see is the power of God manifest amongst us. These people saw what God was doing. They saw the power of God and said, well, this God must be real. Must be real. And just notice what actually happened. First, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. We know that. If you've been in church circles, you kind of, kind of understand what that means and what that actually represented. Temple of the Old Testament was divided into sections. In one section, the Gentiles could go. In the next section, only the Jews. Then only men, the priests. In the next section, then, then there was the high priest who could only go into the Holy of Holies. And what separated the holy place from the Holy of Holies was a curtain. The Bible tells us that that curtain was, that divided the temple, and at the time when Jesus died, that, that curtain was actually cut into two. Meaning that all of us can now enter into the presence of God. The Holy of Holies was the place where the presence of God dwelt. And the time that that curtain was cut in two, what that represents is the fact that we can all enter into the presence of God. The writer to the Hebrews says it like this, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence... To enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. When we're in a season of darkness, the greatest battles in our mind. We have all these these fights that you go through in your, in your mind and in your heart and in your spirit. The reason why you're in this season is because you're a sinner. That's why. Because God is angry with you. The enemy reminds you of all, the, of all the stuff. There's plenty of stuff there in all of us. Not doing enough to please God. You're so weak, the devil's going to do you in. This one's going to destroy you. It's a, it's a battle. It's a battle. And if we start to entertain those thoughts, we're going to sink further and further into despair. But what helps us get through the darkness is an understanding of what Jesus did on the cross. Notice what the writer of Hebrews says. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place, what gives us the, what gives us the confidence to enter the presence of God? What is it that gives us the confidence to cry out to God? It's the blood of Jesus. It's not our good works. It's not our righteousness. We come because Jesus paid the price for our sins. When the enemy, when the enemy accuses us of everything that we've done, we, we don't start arguing and debating with the enemy. We just say, thank you, Lord, for the, for the forgiveness of sin. The Bible says if we confess our sins, his blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness. We don't come into the presence of God because of our righteousness. We come into the presence of God. Because of Jesus' righteousness. Because he paid the price for it all. Never let the enemy deceive you. Remember who you are in Christ. The second thing that happened is the earth shook and there was an earthquake. The Bible tells us about Paul and Silas who were thrown into prison. And as they were in prison, the Bible says about midnight, Paul and Silas uh, were praying and singing hymns to God. And suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. I don't know what you're going through this morning, but it might feel like you're in a prison. It might, might feel like you're in a place where, where there just doesn't seem to be a way through this or a way out of this. 
You, f- you feel like there's no way out. You may feel like you're chained in a situation or circumstance. Cross reminds us that God can move in powerful ways. The cross, the cross reminds us that God can move in unexpected ways. Key is to begin to worship. The key is to begin to cry out to God. The key is to begin to lift our voices to God in the name of Jesus. Begin to cry out to Him. Third thing that happened is the, the rocks split. Well, that's an interesting one. What, what does that mean? The rock split. Well, Jeremiah says this. He says, Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces. Rocks speak about things that seem hard, impenetrable, tough, difficult. Rocks speak about things that, that don't change. And the cross reminds us that God can deal with the hard things in our life by his grace and for his glory. That God can send his word. That his word has the power to break the things that seem impossible in our lives. And then the Bible also says that people started to walk the streets. People came back to life and they started walking the streets. Can you just imagine Uncle Fred having a coffee at Chibos? <laughs> you know, just what, where, what, where, where's this come from? And the cross reminds us, among other things, that dead things can come back to life. There's something in your life that seems dead, finished, no life. Is there a dream that's died? Marriage, a hope? I think, I think worse than anything else is when hope and faith begin to die. Despair. Despair is when you just feel like there's just no way through this. It's, it's, it's deeper than just a sense of hopelessness. Despair is, despair is when you get to a place in your life where you just feel, there's just no way I'm going to get out of this. This is my lot in life. The cross reminds us that if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead can also give life to your mortal bodies. Because of the spirit that lives in you. It just reminds us, the cross reminds us that God can bring dead things back to life. It reminds us that we can turn to him. And somehow in the midst of, in the, midst of the darkness, we can still find hope. That in the midst of the dark situation, we can, hope can still begin to rise in our hearts and spirit. Most of us hate the darkness. Most of us hate the darkness. We prefer the day. But worse than physical darkness is emotional and spiritual darkness. And maybe this morning there's someone here who's going through a season of darkness. Maybe, maybe you can't see your way ahead. Maybe, maybe you don't know what to do next. Maybe you feel hopeless. There's no way out of this. But more than all of that, it just feels like God has forsaken you, abandoned you. If that's you, I want to remind you that someone else went through the same season. His name was Jesus. And he knows what you're experiencing. Temptation in those times is to abandon God. It's to turn your back on God. 
There's two things we can do. We can either do that or we can press into God. If that's you, I pray that you would be encouraged by the words of Jesus, the cries of Jesus, the example of Jesus. Paul said, For what I received, I passed on to you. It's of first importance that Christ died for our sins, that he was buried, that he was raised, and on the third day, he was raised on the third day according to what do we do if we're in a dark place? So don't despair. Don't deny. Instead, wait on God. And you do that by praying, questioning. It's, 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 the, it's, a, it's, a, it's the spirit with which we do that stuff. It's we come into the presence of God because we say, okay, God, I know that you're sovereign. I know that you're above every circumstance. You're, you're the creator of the heavens and the earth. And we come into his presence and begin to pray. And we, it's a place where we can question, wrestle. We can even scream sometimes. Just pour your heart out to God. Not praying manicured prayers. Prayers that come from the heart. Second thing is we need to remember that we serve a mighty God who can send earthquakes. <laughs> and in the midst of whatever it is that we're facing, in the midst of whatever it is that, 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 that we're going through, that God can, God can send the unexpected. That God can make a way where there doesn't seem to be one. That, that God can do things that are beyond the circumstances that we're in. That God can send His Word that breaks rocks. It's not my Word like a hammer, says the Lord, that breaks a rock. It's, it's, it's not my, does not my Word have the power to break some of those hard things? What we need is the Word of God. Jesus had a Word. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he knew Psalm 22. As a rabbi, he would have memorized all of the Psalms. He knew how Psalm 22 ended. And he, and he grabs a hold of Psalm 22 as an anchor for him. One day people are going to testify of this day. Jesus knew that. And he grabs a hold of that word as an anchor for his soul. That's why we need the Word of God. It's why we study the Word of God. It's why we read the Word of God. That's why we fill our hearts with God's Word. Your Word is a lamp for my feet. Your Word is gonna. Your Word is gonna. Your Word is gonna be a lamp. It's gonna shine a light in the darkness to show me where I need to go. Is not my Word like a hammer that breaks the rock? Says the Lord. It's the Word of God. Pastor Joe, I just need some faith. You know how faith comes? Come, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. What gives us faith is to hear the Word from God. It's to get a Word from God for the situation I'm going. It's to get a Word from God. And as we cry out to God, as we seek God, God will speak. God will send His Word. If it's not one way, it's another way. If it's not through a song, it's through a preaching. If it's not through a preaching, it's through something else. It's through someone else. You'll get a word. And when you hear the word, it's going to resonate with your spirit. And says, and your spirit is going to say, this is the word of the Lord for me. And you grab a hold of it as an anchor. Say, Lord, I'm going to trust your word. I'm going to trust your word. You're going to see me through in the name of Jesus. You're going to guide me through. No weapon formed against me shall prosper in the name of Jesus. You've done it before. You're going to do it again. 
Nothing is impossible for God. Now to Him is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. According to His power, that is at work within us. According to His power, that is at work within us. By His grace and for His glory. I want to encourage you to hang in there. Because the God that we serve can bring dead things back to life. Bring hope back. Some of you, I was thinking about that this week. Some of you, someone close to you has passed away. And what can happen is, it's not just that someone close passes away. It's a whole range of other things start to die along with that. So we don't understand. We don't understand everything. But not everything needs to die. God wants to just begin to raise up hope again. God wants to speak even in that situation. God wants to encourage in that situation. God, God, God has this way of bringing dead things back to life. You understand the spirit of what I'm saying. I encourage you to walk by faith. Because there's a third day that is coming. Your way. It happened to Jesus. And it will happen to you by the grace of God. So we come into the presence of God. And we grieve and we scream and we cry out to God. And then we allow God to speak to us and do something. Because God does some of His greatest work in those contexts. It's true of my life. It's true of my life. It's true of my life. I was thinking about that this morning. And I just thought, you know, uh, it's been some of those challenging moments that have shaped my own life in so many ways. And I I don't want to say I thank God for them. I don't want to say that. But I thank God for them. Would you stand with me? I just wonder there might be somebody who's going through a tough season right now. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to pray for you believe that God is going to do something in your life. I just pray that hope will begin to rise. The Spirit of God will begin to speak by His grace and for His glory. In Jesus' name. I'm just going to sing a song. I just really feel to, to just open the altar this morning and just allow people to come and just, just receive prayer this morning. I know we've gone over just a little bit of time, but we're going to do this anyway. I feel strongly to do it. So if there's no one, that's cool. I need to obey the voice of the Spirit. So we're just going to sing a song. If you'd like prayer, we're just going to stand with you and pray with you that, that, that faith is going to begin to rise. In Jesus' name, that faith is going to begin to rise in your life today. You come quickly. We're going to pray with you in Jesus' name.